Today is Monday, August 23rd, 2021. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Coming up, we've got a full rundown on everything you need to know from the Dirt Racing Weekend, including results from the Topless 100, another Kyle Larson win, outlaw wins for David Gravel and Donnie Schatz, and a whole lot more. Before we dive in, if you like what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and hit those follow and notification buttons depending on where you consume this. Make sure to follow at Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And don't forget, DirtTracker.com has a bunch more cool dirt racing stuff. Now let's get going. At Batesville Motor Speedway in Arkansas over the weekend, we had the Topless 100 for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. With the way he's run lately and his success in the past at Batesville, I thought defending series champion Jimmy Owens would be a factor over the two nights. And that uh, definitely ended up coming to fruition. On Friday night in the lone prelim program, he was quick time, won his heat race, and led all 30 laps from the pole. It was his first Lucas win of 2021, which is wild because he won 11 races in 2020. Tim McCready, Nick Hoffman, Brandon Overton, and Ricky Thornton Jr. completed the top five. Friday's action uh, set the first eight rows of the Saturday feature plus the night's B-main lineups. In the 100-lapper that was $40,000 to win, McCready and Owens were out front for the first 38 laps. But sixth starting Hudson O'Neill took over on lap 39 following a restart and led the final 62 laps en route to his fourth series win of 2021. Down the stretch, Jonathan Davenport ran him down from seventh and made things really interesting. On the white flag lap, he threw sliders into both corners, but both times O'Neill was able to drive back by. Davenport had to settle for second at the line with Brandon Overton third, McCready fourth, and Owens fading to fifth. It was a great finish, and it showed how good Davenport is late in these longer races. Just kind of hangs around and saves his, stu- uh, saves his stuff, and it damn near paid off on Saturday night. For O'Neill, he continues to show big improvement this season. He's now got wins at East Bay, Atomic, Lucas Oil for the Show Me 100, and now the Topless 100 at Batesville. These last two were big money scores for over 30 grand and 40 grand, and he topped big fields to win both of them. I think he just needs a little bit more consistency to really battle for the championship. In those standings, JD was able to knock 20 points off of McCready's lead, but the gap is still 155. O'Neill is third to 15 back with Kyle Bronson and Jimmy Owens completing that top five. It's a pretty quick turnaround this week for the Lucas uh, competitors as they are back in action on Thursday for three straight days of racing at Port Royal. We'll have more on that later in the week. Elsewhere, uh, with National Touring Land Models, the World of Outlaws Late Model Series closed out a busy four-race weekend with stops at Williams Grove, Sharon, and Erie's. And joining the Outlaws fresh off his BC39 win was Kyle Larson, who was back in the Rumley 6 on Friday at the Grove and Saturday at Sharon. On Friday night, Greg Satterley started on the outside pole and led every lap en route to the win at the Grove. The $10,000 score was his first outlaw victory since 2014. Larson started sixth and tried to run Satterley down in the closing stages through lap traffic, but ended up pulling off with four laps to go. He had a huge mud clod go through the hood in turn one that caused a tire rub. Behind Satterley, Chris Madden, Kyle Hardy, Rick Eckert, and Matt Cosner completed the top five. Larson and Kevin Rumley did rebound on Saturday at Sharon, though. They went quick time in their group, one heat three, started on the pole, and then led every lap of the 40-lap uh, main event. Ryan Gustin hard charged from 14th to finish second, and he tried to track Young Money down late, but came up short. Brandon Shepard, Tyler Bruning, and Colton Flinder rounded out the top five. It was a brutal night for Chris Madden, who needed a good run for the championship. He pulled off with 13 laps to go, running 7th with what I believe uh, was rear-end issues. He finished 16th and gave up big ground to Shepard for the championship. 
And that gap between Smokey and Bishop got even bigger on Sunday, with Shepard leading 36 of 40 laps at Erie Speedway and bagging his sixth win of 2021. It was also his 75th outlaw win of his career. He's now in sole possession of second place on the all-time wins list, just three behind Josh Richards. Dave Hess Jr. hard charged from 25th to finish second. Chubb Frank was third, Dennis Herb Jr. fourth after leading laps early, and Boot Briggs was fifth. I went digging through the DirtTracker.com analytics database, and of the 763 races now entered, Hess's plus 23 charge is third for biggest mover among all series in the database. Of the 121 outlawed late model races I have, it's P1, and only a Tony Jackson Jr. 30th to 6th with Lucas back in January, and David Gravel going 26th to 2nd with the Silver Crown cars at the Illinois State Fairgrounds in 2020 were bigger charges than Hess's. That's pretty incredible. Back to the championship. Leaving the weekend, the gap between the top two is now 158. Over the four races, Shepard went win, 6th, 3rd, win, while Madden was 13th, 2nd, 16th, 6th. Uh, 158 points is about 79 positions, and this is starting to feel like it's slipping away from Smokey here. This week, the Outlaws are headed to Iowa for three nights at Davenport Speedway starting on Thursday. The World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series was supposed to have three races over the weekend, but the Friday race at River Cities was lost to rain. They will now run that show on Wednesday night this week. That left Saturday at Red River Valley and Sunday at Houston still on the schedule. I mentioned a few times last week that I thought this would be a good weekend for Donnie Schatz to get win number two of the year, and it happened on Saturday at Red River Valley. He battled with Logan Schuhart through lap traffic during the middle part of the race and eventually took the lead for good on lap 22. He gapped the field on a late restart to earn win number 301 of his career, and he did it in front of his Fargo, North Dakota hometown fans. David Gravel finished second, James McFadden was third, Schuhart faded to fourth, and Sheldon Hoddenshield was fifth. On Sunday at Houston Speedway, uh, that's in South Dakota, we had a bit of an unusual front row. Wayne Johnson was on the pole for the first time in seven years with the Outlaws, and Austin McCarl started second. Johnson ended up leading 13 of the first 14 laps before later finishing seventh. It was his best result of the year. There was trouble, though, for points contender Carson Macedo early in the going. He actually took the lead from Johnson on lap eight, but then tangled with the lap car of Matt Jewell, sending him around and out of the lead. He later finished 18th and gave up big ground in the standings. We'll have more on that in a minute. Out front, Austin McCarl took the lead from Wayne Johnson on lap 15, but he was quickly under fire from David Gravel through lap traffic. Gravel, driving the Houston Speedway sprint car, grabbed the top spot from McCarl on lap 24 and survived two late restarts to earn his eighth outlaw win of 2021 at his owner's racetrack. McCarl settled for second, Jacob Allen was third, Donnie Schatz fourth, and Craig Kinzer finished fifth. It was Gravel's third win in four appearances at Houston's in 2021, with two of those being outlaw wins. Leaving the weekend, a second and a win was good enough to move Gravel into second in the standings behind Brad Sweet. The gap is 120, that's about 60 positions. A tough weekend for Macedo saw him fall to third, 162 points back. Donnie Schatz and Sheldon Hoddenshield complete the top five. I still feel like this is very much Brad Sweet's title to lose. Macedo certainly didn't need that trouble, and it will be a very tall task for him to climb back in this. Gravel will have to stay white hot, though, to keep the pressure on. He does, though, have two wins in his previous five full-point outlaw starts. Following River Cities on Wednesday this week, the series heads to I-80 in Nebraska on Friday and Black Hills Speedway on Sunday. After three weeks off, the All-Star Circuit of Champions continued their 2021 campaign over the weekend with stops at I-96 and Waynesfield. 
Friday at I-96, Zeb Wise started on the front row and was strong out front early, but he made a mistake uh, up top in turns three and four and crashed from the lead on lap four. He later finished 11th with the damaged car. The issue for Wise gave the lead to Ian Madsen, who was filling in for the injured Paul McMahon in the CJB Motorsports 5 car. He and Corey Eliason got into a spirited battle through lap traffic, with Eliason eventually coming out on top. Eliason led the final 13 laps en route to his first All-Star win of 2021. Points leader Tyler Courtney finished second, Spencer Basin was third, Justin Peck fourth, and Hunter Schoenberg was fifth. After originally thinking he was the championship favorite, I can't believe it's taken Eliason until August to finally win his first feature of the season. On Saturday at Waynesfield, it looked like Eliason actually might even go back-to-back. He got by early leader Cap Henry on lap four and ended up leading 23 of the 30 laps. But after a restart with just a few to go, Cole Duncan slipped by the Rudine 26 and led the final four laps en route to the victory. It was Duncan's uh, second All-Star win of the year and sixth of his career. Eliason settled for second with Peck third, based in fourth, and Henry in fifth. Eliason did manage to chop a few points out of Courtney's lead, but the gap is still 296. Courtney is currently riding a streak of 16 straight top 10s, and if he keeps that up, it will be incredibly difficult for Eliason to run him down. The All-Stars head to Pennsylvania this week uh, with four stops at Grandview, Williams Grove, Lincoln, and Baps. With USAC on Saturday, the Silver Crown cars were in action at the Illinois State Fairgrounds for the Bettenhausen 100. The race was shortened to 76 laps because of rain. At the end, it was points leader Cody Swanson hard-charging from 23rd all the way to the win. He changed tires after qualifying and started in the rear. Logan Seavey finished second after leading 32 laps. Shane Cochran was third, Jerry Coons Jr. fourth, and Kyle Steffens was fifth. A bunch of drivers had actually issues in qualifying and ended up not racing, including Kyle Cummins, Brady Bacon, C.J. Leary, and Chris Windham. Ken Schrader finished 21st in his return to the series. With three wins in six starts, Swanson extended his points lead over Logan Seavey to now 51. The Crown Cars are back in a few weeks at DuCoin. And the National Sprint Cars of USAC were at Paragon Speedway last night for the first time in 23 years, and we had a new addition to the field. It was announced back on Friday that USAC Major Championship contender Emerson Axum was joining Clausen Marshall Racing to pilot their 39BC uh, non-wing car replacing Cole Bodine. Axum will compete in select events for the rest of the season alongside his full midget ride with Petrie Motorsports. Bodine made 16 sprint car starts this season with a best finish of 8th at Lawrenceburg back in April. It was his only top 10 finish. Axum, though, has been very good in midget competition, earning 2 wins, 16 top 5s, and 19 top 10s in 24 USAC starts. He's currently 2nd in the standings to Buddy Kofoid. Axum ended up 10th last night at Paragon after starting 7th. Out front, Logan Seavey led the first seven laps from the outside front row, but Kevin Thomas Jr. was quickly on his heels. KTJ took the lead on lap eight and drove away to the win in a nonstop feature. Seavey finished second, Kyle Cummins third, points leader Brady Bacon fourth, and Chris Windham hard charged from 18th to finish fifth. We talked last week on the Tuesday show about KTJ's turnaround from 2020, and his fifth win of 2021 keeps him right in step with Bacon. With the smackdown at Kokomo looming this week, it's only a 39-point difference between Bacon and Thomas. KTJ leads all drivers in moving 5-race and 10-race average finish, and the win was his 16th straight top 10. The SmackDown starts on Thursday at Kokomo. Don't forget, if you'd like to see full results and stats on any of the races I've just talked about, you can hit up dirttracker.com analytics. 2021 Summer Nationals and Modified Nationals seasons came to a close this weekend. Ashton Winger won the final two late model races at Tri-City and Merritt, while Bobby Pierce was crowned the series champion. 
Hunt Galsam and Jacob Pohl split the modified wins with Nick Hoffman officially crowned the champion for the fourth time with the modifieds. Both Pierce and Hoffman were dominant throughout the year. Congrats to both of them on the championships. Other weekend late model winners included Spencer Dirks at West Liberty, Brian Shirley with Mars at Peoria, Peyton Freeman with the Southern All-Stars at I-75, Devin Gilpin won at Portsmouth, and Ross Bales was the Carolina Clash winner at Harris Speedway. For more from the late model weekend, hit up durunder.com. Another weekend open wheel action, Cole Macedo won Friday at Attica. Alex Bright grabbed a USAC East Coast victory at Bedford. Kenan McIntosh was a Power Eye Midget winner at Charleston. Timez and Jake Swanson split non-wing wings, uh, wins at Gas City. Paul Neenheiser won the Sprint Inventors show at Lee County. Anthony Macri bagged his first 410 win at Williams Grove. Mario Clauser won the War feature at Lake Ozark and is on the verge of that series championship. Chase Dietz won at Lincoln. Shane Golubic won with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour at Ocean. Macri won Saturday at Port Royal. Brody Roa was the CRA winner at Paris. Trey Jacobs won at Wayne County. And Scotty Thiel bagged the IRA win Sunday at Angel Park. For more, visit tjslideways.com. The only thing on the streaming schedule for today is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.